Welcome to Coon Hunt University Podcast. This is your host, Mason Bush. Class is now in session. Welcome to Coon Hunt University Podcast. This is your host, Mason Bush. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. What's the weather like up there? We're uh, we're snowed in down here. Got about seven or eight inches. Uh, have y'all got any of this? Uh, we got a little bit of snow, not a bunch. We got the temperatures are really, really. They're, I mean, at night they're in the neg- you know, going to be in a negative. I think for the rest of this this week, and then I think next week, I think Monday, Tuesday, it's supposed to it's supposed to actually warm back up and get like like the mid thirties to like forty two or something like that. Okay. I think it's going to stay below freezing for the next seven or eight days here, so I guess the right. snow's here to stay. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully get a warm spell and it melts off. Yeah, I hope so. It, I don't mind it for about a day after that. It turns into a, a muddy mess, and it. I'm ready for spring already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been ready for spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, 45 years old. I got two kids. Uh, I got step kids. I got five grandbabies. Uh, I work for myself. I own a tile company. I uh, I do walk-in custom walk-in showers, bathrooms, and kitchens, and backsplashes. And I did that. I worked in the union for like 19 years with my dad. Uh, he's the one that got me in the trade. Uh, and then I actually went into business for myself probably, I don't know, probably eight, seven, eight years ago maybe, if that, uh, and just worked for myself there in the town I live in. And I don't work for any contractors or sub or anything like that. I just, I got some customers that I do a bunch of work for and just repeat customers and things like that. But uh, very, very tedious work. Yeah, very. Everybody's like, how in the world do you got patience like you do? Mm. <laughs> well, I ask God for more of them all the time because I feel like I don't have enough. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 been good to me. I've been blessed. I've I've had uh, I've I've tell people all the time. I'm like I my dad always said back when he was alive. He would say, you know, it's it's going to be hard to. Uh, to run a business in that small of a town to keep enough work to you know to be able to make a good living and uh he had told me before he passed away he had said you know you've done awesome with your business and uh you know he's like i'm i'm proud of you you know and i was like well you know we've talked about how hard it would be to run a business in this town and it's just i have i've been blessed yeah that's great that's it's always a lot better if you can work for yourself, especially in a trade like that. Oh, I couldn't answer to nobody now. I, I mean, I answer to my customers, don't get me wrong, but as far as answering to somebody and punching the clock and things like that, I, I just, I like I like working for myself. I can adjust my schedule if things come up. If I got something I want to do, I can kind of move around, you know? Yeah, that freedom goes a long ways. Oh, 100%. Especially when you're, especially when you're a coon hunter, lay out half the night. It don't mix well. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard going. To, it's hard going into work. Uh, you know, when I was in my twenty, you know, my mid twenties, all the way up to you know my thirties, 
uh, I could hunt all night, you know, and get up and go to work. Man, I'll tell you what, once I hit that 40 mark, it uh, it changed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm I'm right there now. I I don't need too much sleep to to keep me going, but it seemed like when I was younger, eighteen, nineteen, it I uh, I needed a lot more than I do now. I don't know if I was just young and didn't want to get up or what it was, but I can do right. it now. But they say about another ten years, it uh it'll catch up with me. Well. I hope it don't, but I'll tell you what, from experience, it sure has with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, where'd the coon hunting spike from? You say you're 45. How long you been hunting? Since I was probably three years old. Did your father hunt? Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about him. My dad had, uh, he actually, he was a, he was a tile setter. That's like I said, he's the one that got me in a trade. And he actually, uh, he'd started out coon hunting, uh, back when he was, and he was in his, tw- you know, early 20, I think his early twenties, maybe a little bit younger than that. Uh, and he had actually hunted with a couple guys that were there local to us or whatever. Earl Tillery was one that he worked with and Earl kind of, him and Earl hunted a little bit together, and then Dad just kind of got, he actually bought a female, and she was, I can't remember how old she was. She was off a, she was off a Spring Creek foot to a dog that Wayne Cottle had, and then she was off of a female called Black Dot, and we called her, we called her Susie, uh, Fultz is singing Susie, and then my dad had took her and him and Greg Minkler out in Kansas. He had a dog he called Dan called him dancer and dad had bred her to him and the cross the first cross was just i mean it was phenomenal the the i mean they were just ate up with coon trainability they uh they actually i mean anybody that hunted with them could tell you chris saunders donnie huber a bunch of different guys that hunted with them and uh we had bred her we took and bred her back the second time and then uh the second cross was just as good as the first cross and everybody's always says oh well you know the second cross is never as good and i'm like well most people don't never make a good cross to begin with to say you know what i'm saying like oh yeah it's hard to to judge that my personal opinion on what i seen on what cross we made we made it the second time and the second time was just as good and then the second cross was private dancer which was hardwood henry's mommy and uh through a bunch of different ones storm uh that we had he was kansas thunder's dad uh, there's a ton of dogs back i don't have any uh actually of that breeding now i actually uh i don't know it just kind of i don't know it kind of got watered down a little bit i feel like you know as the years went by everybody kept trying to like you know keep it and breed it and double it and triple it and never outcrossed and i just feel like that it watered it down yeah and uh you know and not not saying that you know those those stock of dogs that we had back then i tell people all the time they're like well what's the difference between a dog you hunt now and then you know what you hunted then i'm like uh, their motor their, their heart you know the sometimes in some of them dogs they just they would not quit yet but they were just they were some of them had a little bit of a lazy streak to them in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, and 
some of them weren't like that and it was just weird but i uh i like a i like a different style of dog now i look back and i think man like back when i was younger and the dogs that i hunted back then i mean they were they were coon triers and things like that and we made some other crosses on some different dogs i could sit and go on for a while and talk about them but everybody knows what what they were and what you know and things like that but i uh i feel like in breeding and breeding dogs and and things like that that you always want to go forward with your breeding program on what you got uh or what you need to improve on and instead of you know a lot of guys do it to sell puppies you know they they want to they think about the dollar i've never made a cross that i've ever you know thought about the money part of it because i work for a living i make money working Mm -hmm. and do this for a hobby and do it to to better the sport yeah yeah, i do it and i love to i love to uh i love to get some some pups in guys hands that you know are going to hunt them and things like that and it makes it it does it makes it easier too when you have guys that are you know want something out of your dog and they want to hunt it and they want to promote it and they you know they put the legwork in and that's that's a lot of the you know the success on a lot of them is getting them in the right hands absolutely i think that's the hardest part there's i'm sure there's tons and tons of young dogs out there that just don't have the right chance it gets gets rare or just don't get the opportunity to to be showcased the way they need to be no and everybody's i mean everybody's different on what they like you you have people tell you all the time you know like i got this cross that we made we bred image at the rodeo and i got there was nine pups in the litter and i got my nephew uh down in tennessee he's got one of them and he was talking to me about how she just you know she wants to run all the time you know they're nine months old and half of them are tree and coons and half of them are running junk and will flat get in the country and i just told him i said listen buddy this is his first dog and uh you know eastern tennessee straight up and down mm-hmm. and uh he said, man, I've lost, I forget how much weight he told me he lost hunting that pup. <laughs> he said, man, I'll tell you what. He said, that pup, he said, you can watch her on that Garmin. He said, she'll go up them mountains and just scale them like a cat. And uh, he said, you know, she's just not hooking them trees. And I told him, I said, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. I said, I know you're young. And I said, it's your first dog. I said, be patient with that pup. I said, when that pup right there starts treeing coons, I mean, she's got it all. She's She gets her mouth open. She don't want to be around dogs. She absolutely will hunt off. She'd probably hunt better at nine months old than most five-year-old dogs I've hunted with. Wow. And, oh, yeah. And I told him, I said, because he came up here, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, and we hunted. And we hunted the two. We hunted the male pup that we got, a litter mate to her that me and Kane's got. And then we hunted Image and then hunted his pup. And they treed together on a red hot track and she treed really good on it treed hard we got in there and she was kind of milling a little bit and i told him i said get her and tie her up and uh she uh i know she'll tree eventually but a lot of guys just i don't know i feel like i've seen so many dogs tree at five and six months old and they plateau out so fast when they start out young treeing like that a lot of the ones that i've seen Mm -hmm. uh, they're no better at uh a year and a half old than they was at 10 months old right. you know and that's just my experience on what i've seen yeah especially at that age i'd love to have one that's just running and wild and learning the, the basics before you go to tree and uh 
I'm with you. I want I want to run or I want something wild and and some heart. Oh, <clears> when, yes. when it comes, that's that's your that's your platform. That's you. That's yeah. where you start. I, yep. Yeah, if they can't run a track or anything, everybody's like, you know, there's a lot, not everybody, but there's some guys that, you know, and nobody agrees 100% on anything, no matter what. But I have guys, you know, that have told me, yeah, well, you know, this dog ain't treeing, you know, it's not treeing yet, and it's, you know, it's just wanting to run all the time. And I said, what ones I've seen like that a lot of times that do end up treeing that can't that got the hunt they got they can track and things like that once they do start treeing they usually have everything you know everything else and that's you know and there's some i've seen that wouldn't you know that wouldn't tree Mm -hmm. but i'd rather take my chances with one running junk and and one that's got a big motor and i like one with a big mouth and I'm just so picky on things. Everybody always says, well, you're too picky on stuff. And I'm like, well, I like what I like. I don't, I mean, everybody can hunt what they like. I just, I guess I am a little bit picky on what I like. Right. If everybody hunted the same thing, there wouldn't be be one line of dogs out here. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a little bit about your dad and we kind of got a little ahead of ourselves. Take us back to your, your younger years and, Kind of tell us where you how you started as far as uh, some of your earlier dogs. Well, my dad had, like I said, we had that older female that we had that we bred, and that's pretty much what started me. And uh, once my dad bred her, and you know, I I'd hunted with him some. He had my dad actually had an old he had an old black and tan, you know, when he was hunting, you know, in his earlier years and we hunted some with him. He was a great dog. You know, he would treat coons and things like that. But once he made that cross on Dancer and then we started hunting them, it was just I was. I was just ate up with it. I just I lived and breathed it. I couldn't I was just I don't know, it was just I couldn't keep focus. It's all I ever thought about. And uh Dad and we I mean we did. We we had the female let her make the private dancer she was out of the first cross we called her Susie too and uh i mean i i for you know i, I didn't hunt you know back then as far as competition was i hunted ukc and things like that and i don't know how many second place wins i had on her before i got her first on her but <laughs> she uh she actually was i mean anybody that hunted with her will tell you they still talk about her about how nice she was and she was like if if a guy that, you know, had the money and time to run up down the road and, you know, in these money hunts now that they have, it's untelling what she could have won. Uh, Coon Hunting University would like to welcome their new sponsor, Joy Dog Food. Joy has been a major contributor to the dog hunting community for decades. It's family owned and operated in Southern Illinois. Whether you need puppy food or feed for adult working dogs, Joy has you covered. Check out their Facebook page, website or give the office a call to decide which blend best suits you and your dogs and find a local dealer near you joydogfood.com or give them a call 800-245-4125 she was super nice i i I compare you know you always have dogs you always sit and think back stick back in your mind and you know a lot of people are never fortunate enough to have you know enough that you can count on one hand but i felt like she was uh you know she was just she was special she was she was a coon trayer she uh she was always by herself uh she was when i first 
when me and dad had first, you know, was started her out and hunting her and stuff, man, she opened a bunch on the ground and just, she was chopped mouth track dog. And, uh, I remember telling my dad, I was like, dad, I cannot hunt this dog. This dog drives me nuts. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? The barking? I said, yeah, she barks every time her foot hits the ground. And I said, it drives me nuts. And I hunted that jip for probably a month. And I'm telling you, people couldn't even believe. I put a month's hunting on her and just pounded her. And she did. She just tightened. She tightened up. And everybody's like, ah, man, I can't believe that she, you know, she tightened up that much. And I'm like, yeah. I said, I'm glad she did. <laughs> but she was. She was a, she was a coon tree. And, you know, we bred, dad bred her to, he bred her to, uh, he bred her to Stylish Clover. And then uh, that was the one that Minkler hunted off that cross. He called him Kansas Peewee. He was off that cross. He was uh, he was a coon trier, but he uh, he'd run junk and he was just he was wild. Yeah. Uh, you talking about clover? Uh, I think you're you're right there in junior, yeah, right. uh, uh, junior and uh, Doug's neck of the woods, aren't you? Oh yeah. I thought so. So you, you grew up having to deal with them. Yeah, I didn't. My dad hunted with with uh, Doug and Junior quite a bit back when he had uh, when we had Susie too, and then he had Storm, and he hunted with he hunted with them guys quite a bit. Uh, they, uh, which you know, of course, everybody knows Doug and Junior their their pedigree of what kind of dogs they hunted and how hard hunters they were and things like that. And you got to respect them, and you. You know, you always growing up as a kid, always, you know, I'd think, man, they were they were so cool (laughs) growing (laughs) up thinking, man, these guys are hunting for, you know, for and pretty much I think they hunted for a living. Yeah. Uh, And like looking at it now, like I sit and think of guys that have to hunt for a living. And I think, my gosh, if I had to hunt for a living, I couldn't enjoy it. I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't enjoy it, but I just I, I don't think I would enjoy it as much making a job out of it. Yeah, when you when you know you have to go, not just because you want to. Yeah, when you got guys depending on you, and you got to, you know, you're trying to work things out on little kinks and things on the dog. You're trying to work, you know. It it is. It's. I tell people all the time, you know, that coon hunting is work. Oh, and absolutely. If if you don't think it's work. Uh, well, you'll probably never own a good dog. Yeah, it's it's work if you do it the right way. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, I didn't really mean to get off on them, so uh, <clears throat> I just you said clover. It kind of got my mind toward uh toward Doug. Did you did you ever hunt with uh, clover any? I never hunted with him. We we actually we bred we bred Susie too to him, which like I said, that was one of greg minkler hunted he called peewee and then we we had a female right off of the homies bone that lonnie cleek owned we bought her well we actually started the homies and a female that uh, i think i believe gilbert couch owned down in kentucky and uh that uh actually uh she had a she had got caught in a snare when she was young. She had a scar around her nose. Man, she was a coon treer. We bred her to Stylish Clover, and that's where the, the Stylish Stubby dog, the Osborne boys in them up Michigan, hunted off that cross. Okay. For, they hunted him for a while. I never hunted with Stubby, but 
everybody said that he was a he was a nice outfit. But uh, usually, if you see Osborne at a coon hunt, they got a coon dog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I respect them guys. Them guys hunt hard and things like that. And I was it tickled me to death. I can remember being at uh, the Spring Classic one year, and he'd got in with Stubby, and when he brought him in to get his picture taken, I looked down at his toenails, and his toenails were, I mean, looked like somebody had grinded them all the way down to the quick. Hmm. <laughs> it was just how he, you know, he's just such a hard hunt, hard hunting going dog. You yeah. Know? I was like, man, his toenails don't even look like he has any. <laughs> he said he don't keep. He said I don't even have to. I think he said something like in reference, like I don't even have to trim him. He said all I gotta do is honey. Hmm. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people uh, trim them down in the quick to make them sore to to keep them from uh, going so far and hunting so hard. And also, uh, I've heard of people that has dogs that climb trees. They do the same thing to kind of kind of keep him dog's feet sort of right keep him from climbing yeah and i can't stand a dog that climbs no i've never had one but it's i've heard i've heard horror stories no i haven't either i don't like a dog that climbs trees and i don't like a dog that trees in the ground yep but everybody's different with what they like i don't i i try to break them if they tree in the ground i try to break them early well uh from her uh Where'd you go? You you probably early twenties at this time, right? Yeah, and I I actually uh, I think I was tw- nineteen. I think nineteen or twenty. And actually, we had had Susie too. Then that I I was hunting. We granted her out and everything like that. And uh, I actually started chasing girls there <laughs> a little bit. And Happens kinda, to the best of us. Hey, to be honest with you. And I and I say it, and I look back, and I think, man, how I, I can remember after I'd actually started chasing girls, and I'd, I'd moved away from moved away from home, uh, you know, pretty early. And actually, Dad sold he actually sold her to Max Berg, and uh, and then I kind of I kind of like I didn't quit, but I didn't really I don't know I just didn't. Once he sold her, I was just like, well, you know, where we're going to go from here. And we had started hunting. We'd had a couple. I had, we had Storm, a litter mate to Susie and Private Dancer. We had bred, bred and had a, me and my brother-in-law had a male pup that was off of Storm and a female we, we had, we called Liz, that was off of Miami River Wheeler that Don Gatomsky owned. And uh, I got him after me and my brother-in-law, we had, partnered up on him and was hunting him and uh man he was super nice had a huge mouth uh dead loner accurate could absolutely fly on track and i had hunted him we'd been we'd been hunting him quite a bit and uh me and a friend of mine had went and he'd wanted to see him go and that pup treed i think he was 14 he's 14 or 15 months old he treed like six or seven singles that night that the friend of mine wanted to go with him and he said what's it take to buy him and i said he's not for sale and he said oh everything's for sale and i said well buddy he ain't for sale and uh that next morning i'd been i took him back down to dad's because i was keeping him down to dad's and uh it was a we were hunting it was saturday night and then that next sunday morning i get a call get woke up from my dad and he's like buddy you better come down here and i'm like what's going on and he said that dog's dead hmm. i said 
dead. He said, yeah. He said, I went outside. He said, and he's laying out of the box and uh, went down there. And man, I did. I hated it. You know, you then ones that are good like that, you know, and everybody says that it's got a dog. It, it's a good one, you know, and he was, he was, he was phenomenal for his age. And uh, I remember burying him that next morning <laughs> and uh, man, it was, yeah, it was kind of like the red fern grows for me. I cried like a baby, you know, and I just, a lot of people say, well, you can cry over a dog or whatever. Well, I can tell you one thing, uh, a good one that stands out in your mind you'll get attached to them if they if they're good enough mm-hmm. i got one and, right now I, i'd cry like a baby if something happened to him are you talking about cinch yeah yeah what what ended up happening with him did you, is there anything did you find out what was going on or is it just a, yeah well i um I, <clears throat> I just pulled off a tree and cut him loose and cut him back loose and uh he just straight line about 200 yards and just stopped he uh he was showing treat on the garmin and i said this ain't been 90 seconds from cutting loose if that i'm just sitting there watching him on the garmin i'm thinking to myself something he ain't barking showing him treat he ain't ain't moving something something's up so i sit there two or three more minutes and i I know something ain't right so i i take off in there and, and within two or three minutes i'm in there and i find him just laying there just limp straight legged um he's foaming at the mouth so immediately i get him to throw him on my shoulder and just take off running to the truck i'm probably 250 yards from the truck right and uh i get my partner on the phone kevin robertson and told him to be finding me a vet whether i I didn't know if the one we usually use uh has an emergency line or not but couldn't get a hold of them so i just took off to memphis and uh i get over there and right before i got there he kind of perked up acting somewhat normal and uh i went ahead and took him in there and the vet i mean i ain't gonna say this vet's name or anything but uh, it was it was worthless i I pretty much just wasted five hundred dollars going over there he pulled he done a chemistry and didn't pull all the the entire panel on it and uh, left off a few things liver being in- included huh. well uh he, I, I i seen him back there and he's kind of acting fine so i just told the vet i said i'm just gonna i'm gonna take my chances and get him through the night and i'm gonna go to my vet first thing in the morning he's trying to get me to do x-ray do this and do that and i said no nah, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go so i paid him for that and brought him home and he's he's acting he not 100%, but he, he's acting a lot better. Well, I go to my vet the next morning, and uh, I brought that up. I said, why why did he leave this, this ALT section off the uh, the chemistry? He said, well, that's that's a good question. I'll, let's start out with blood work. We'll go from there, and everything come back normal except that. And I think a normal level of ALT, which is their liver enzymes, right. is 10 to 118, and his was sitting at 950. So, uh, it could be, it could have been from a lot of different things. We think it was a seizure that was probably triggered by that. And it could have been, um, a piece of poisonous grass or weed plant that he could have ingested. It could have been, uh, 
Um, he was on antibiotics a couple of weeks ago. It could have been something from that. It could have been, it could have been a lot of different things. He could have got into some poison. I don't. He wasn't on the ground long enough. If he had got into some poison that night, it'd have been while he was on the run. <laughs> so it was, right. there was never any downtime while hunting him that night. That was the first time he had been out of the pen since Vicksburg. To, uh, this was on Thursday, so got home from Vicksburg Sunday morning. So I don't know, but I, he's he acts like he's back 100%, acts perfectly fine now. We got him on uh, Denimarin, which is a good liver drug. So uh, How long to wait a little while to run the, the medicine through him before you can start hunting him again? Or? Yeah, uh, 14 days, run this, uh, run this medicine through him. He said, come back. About that, about the same amount of time. Unless, uh, let's run it again, run this chemistry again, and see, uh, see where it lays. Right. He said, lay him up for the meantime and let him rest. Let, which, the way this weather is, I'd, it, I'd have him laid up anyways. But I hope this takes care of him and it's just a one-time deal. Well, I'm glad he's doing. I'm glad he's doing good. Yeah, me too. It's he, he scared me to death. Oh, I guarantee it. I like that dog more than I like most people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I like my dog about as good as I do pe- people. I'm just kidding, but I, I do. I get, I get attached to, I, you know, I do. If it's a good one, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to sell one. I everybody's like, well, you keep them. What you could sell them and make good money, and I'm like. I work for a living, like I, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm rich or anything like that by no means, but I just enjoy a good dog, and if I get one that's good and it suits me and it stays at my house, it's a good one, or it, you know, it just, I ain't gonna hunt one if it ain't no good. Yeah, I'm the same way. I just, he fits me, uh, and I've got attached to him, and I've I've done most of the work on him, so I guess it means a little bit more to me that. He, he pretty much grew up right here oh yeah so yep that makes a big difference when, especially when you got one you're liking a lot and you're i don't know i just feel like i've always said that you know the a lot of the guys that breed their own stuff and hunt their own stock of dogs and things like that not that i don't respect guys that win because i do i respect and you know a lot of the guys that coon hunt and that win and things like that i respect all of them and i just I, uh, a guy that breeds his own dogs and has his own breeding program and is successful with it. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm kind of the same way. I like, it's kind of like, it's, it's a challenge to, to take a dog and breed it to something and, you know, work your own pups and get them in the right hands and have success with it. It just, I don't know. It feels like it's more satisfying to me than it is going to hunt and winning it. And that's just, I don't, and I love to hunt, you know, as much as any man in the world. And I've told people all the time, you know, they're like, well, you know, if you had this dog, if they had this, you know, your dog, they could put her, you know, put her in these big hunts and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah, if they had her, but they don't have her. She's mine and she'll die at my house. And I, uh, if I'm going to spend $6,500 on the entry fee, I'm going to take my family on vacation or go. And you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and not saying, you know. And a lot of these guys that hunt these big hunts, uh, these $6,500 ones and things like that, they're operating off somebody else's dime, most mm-hmm. of them. 
they're not you know what i'm saying they're not they're not most of them aren't working men that are going out here and paying a sixty five hundred dollar entry fee yeah one uh one or two of those and getting skunked all week and i'd i'd uh, i'd be in bad shape <laughs> I think I might, I might be in a little bit of a depression if I lost $6,500 on entry. Mm-hmm. But. You and me both. Hey, guys, next time you're in the market for some new hunting supplies, head on over to Conkey's Outdoors. Whether it's a light, boots, dog leash, Garmin, or any other kind of hunting accessories, they can take care of you. Conkey's is a family-owned business that strives on excellent customer service and guarantees fast delivery every time. The next time you're over in Hastings, Florida, stop by or give them a call at 904-692-1568. Thanks. And I don't, like I said, I I, uh, I enjoy watching all them hunts and you guys, you know, interviewing the guys and everything. And I do. I I, I respect a lot of those guys that, that you know, that win and, and things like that. I just, for me, uh, I stay so busy with work and everything else in my family. And that's what's, you know, that's what's important to me. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. Should be to everybody. Yeah, and there's people that you know live and breathe coon hunting. They 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 weren't around for their kids' ball games, and then a lot of them, and I know a bunch of them. They'll sit and tell you, and you sit down and talk to them. They'll say, "Man, I missed out on a lot of stuff out here chasing a dog at night. You know, uh, being tired and wore out on the weekends and not being there." And, you do i think i think as you get older i know with me i i don't know if it's i've got soft soft hearted or what it is i just i enjoy my family even more the closeness of my family more than i do anything you yeah. know and it took me a while to grow up and realize that but you you know i think just things in life happen and it does it changes your whole perspective and outlook on life period you yeah. know there's something about these dogs it's 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 an addiction it's just it's about the easiest way to explain it uh you'll you'll miss out on things and miss events and i don't know what it is about chasing a dog (laughs) in the middle of the night that lights a fire in us but it's uh no (laughs) the euphoria that you get from a good dog and, and hunting and the peace and the I don't know, it's just, I think you connect and you can be having things happening in your life. And it, it does when you go and you turn that dog loose, everything for me, it does. Everything disappears. Mm-hmm. Just you and the, the dog. And I, some people, I don't hunt with a very, you know, very many people. Cause I'm, I'm not that I'm hard to hunt with or get along with. I just, I'll get out there and some of these guys, I'll just want to sit and talk and put their elbows on the hood of the truck and, won't be quiet and it's like sometimes i just you know i just want to say will you just be quiet (laughs) i got a couple buddies like that they'll get out there and just ramble and ramble ramble and i'm trying to listen to dog lots of times i'll just walk off (laughs) i guess they get the hint (laughs) oh yeah yeah i I, I like that when i'm out there i want to hear every move that sucker makes exactly i'm out there I mean, I, I enjoy it being out there, but it's also I'm I'm out there working, trying to get better, trying to make the dog better. Oh yeah, it's a lot of work. That's I tell people all the time, and it's like anything. It's not just coon hunting. It's your work. It's your uh, your your dedication to the Lord and your prayer life and everything else. Everything that you do 
if you're not disciplined at it, you're never going to be great at it, in my opinion. Right. And that's just, you know, uh, that's just how it is. I don't think if you don't show discipline, I don't think that you can be great at anything, in my opinion. Yep. Hard work and discipline. It, yep. That's what it takes. Absolutely. So uh, let's bring us up to date here. You've got image. Uh, how'd she come about? Uh, to be honest with you, I got a partner out in, uh, Dickerson, Maryland. That's we're partners on her. Uh, I had, I had had a female that I, that I'd bred to a dog that Bill Cordy had actually Bill Cordy's the one that owns stylish clover. He's the one that bred, you know, chirpy to Logan's wild clover to get stylish clover. Um, he had had a dog that was, he was also stylish little man and off a pretty girl which it was a litter mate delta rebel i believe uh i took her and bred her to him and then i got there was i believe mason i think there was five or six off that cross and they were just i mean we had the one that we he just died here what two years ago i called him fuzzly buzz uh and then i had the female litter mate to him uh, was was uh, Fugly's fruit juice, which was probate to mommy, and then Image's mommy was a litter mate to him. They called her Black River Ice. Uh, my partner out there in Maryland took Ice. I had owned her when she was a pup, and then I sold <laughs> I'd sold her to him, and then he took and bred her to uh, Break Box, and that's what that's where Image come from. She come off the of Ice and Break, uh, and then there was a. I believe there was another, well, there was a pup, a litter mate that Jeff Cole had up in northern Indiana, and he called him Ring. And I'd heard everybody talk about that pup, how nice he was. Uh, he ended up getting killed. I think he died of coon dog paralysis at like 10 months old. But we had we had been here, and uh, actually Jay Miller, after Joseph had bred her, he had got some kind of deal with this guy that was supposed to get one of the pups, which actually was Image. Uh, and somehow or another, I don't know how it was, I guess my partner never got paid for from the person that originally got her. And then, uh, he had actually talked to Jay Miller, had image, I guess he had got her from that boy or something. He had been hunting her and my partner calls me and he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, this boy's got this female off a break box and ice and, uh, if I get a chance to buy her, uh, would you be interested in partnering on her? You know, I'm like, well, of course, you know, she's out, out of our stuff that we bred, you know, that I bred too. And I was just like, sure, you know, she's nice enough or whatever. Well, we ended up, I guess Jay and him made a deal. This is the reason I, I probably wouldn't have partnered up on a dog for the kind of money that we paid for. If it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, if it was, I don't know. Now looking back, uh, I'm glad we did partner on her, but I, uh, I'd actually, we had bought her for Kane to start hunting and, uh, we got her to the house and I guess she'd been running a lot, you know, she'd run junk. He'd talk about, I guess Jay talked about how he had to cut her off on roads and things like that about, you know, she's just a big hunting dog. And, uh, 
Kane, we we got her there at the house, and Kane's, you know, he set into hunting her, and he, I mean, he pounded her for about a month, and I mean, she just went to tree and goons, and uh, I, you just know, you know, when you when you have one that has it, and you're like, and I told, I told, you know, quite a few people, I said that dog, I believe that dog right there will win something big one day, uh, and. To this day, I, well, it was the year that you judged me there in the semifinals, or in the finals, actually, I, uh, that you judged me there. I That was probably, and like I said, I don't, nobody knows how far you're going to go, you know, advance. I think it's a hard, in my opinion, the PKC World Hunt is one of the hardest hunts to double up at because you're hunting with $100,000 winners, truck winners. I mean, you're not hiding in your, your age class. Right. And... Uh, she just, I mean, she, I mean, anybody that's hunted with her, you know, will tell you she's, she's in a cast. She's, she's a hard dog to beat. And I don't hunt, uh, as far as hunts go, uh, I don't hunt that many hunts. If somebody else had her, uh, it's untelling what she could have probably won by now, but that's kind of the story of how she come about, but I can't remember. She traded coon or two that night uh, in that cast, did she not? Yeah, she traded coon at like three quarters, and then we recasted her, and then she traded one at 60 yards, and then after that, she, it was funny because you brought that, brought that up. I was telling somebody the other day about uh, she traded that second coon at 60 yards, and I think Doolin and... Coslman, I think, was in that cast too, but I can't. I, I'm pretty sure they were, but they withdrew, and then it was me and Shot, and then I got to recast again. And I was thinking to myself, she's treated these two coons right here, just you know, pretty fast. And I'm thinking, if I can keep her in this block of timber right here, she's going to treat another one, and that's where she got out of pocket. And then Shot ended up. So he thought I had him beat, and the hunt was over. And he, I said, I said it's over with, ain't it, Mason? And he said. No, he's got six minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember when you told me that. It was, <laughs> I said, "This just." I, it was like, oh man, I was just, I breathed a little bit. And then when shot treed that last coon, you know, and he did, he did a textbook job on that coon that he treed. And I remember you throwing that thermal of yours up there, and you put it up, and you pulled it right back down. I looked at you, and I said, "He's got it, don't he, Mason?" You said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> I was like, man, I, and I was, I, I thank the Lord that I was able to advance as far as I think we finished like 11th or 12th out of like 27 or 2,800 dogs out there that year. And, uh, she did. I mean, everybody that hunted, that's hunted with her or knows me or knows her, you know, they, and I'm not saying she's perfect or walks on water or anything like that, but she's a, she is an absolute coon treer and got one of the biggest, biggest motors and she's an absolute dead loner and never had a she never had a hand laid on her for any of that a lot of these dogs are man-made loners and she was just it is natural from you know a pup right yeah i remember uh i think the wind had got up to blowing pretty bad that night or something i, I don't i don't remember it was you doolin Cosman. i don't remember who else was in that cast i guess uh, uh what's his name hunting shot kevin yeah Cody, wasn't it? Sheets. Was it Cody? I think so. I'm pretty sure. It may have been. I don't remember it. All them cast run together, but 
I know uh, they trade that. He cut loose just with a couple minutes left, and he trade that cone and, and come back from behind. Mm-hmm. But it's well, the way it goes sometimes. Well, he stayed in pocket too in that block of timber that he was in. Not if I could have kept her in, you know, she would have stayed in that block of timber instead of she took that fence row. I think she was 1.4 at the end of that hunt trade and had a tune, you know, and she was just, if I could have got her treat, I'd have beat him, but I couldn't treat her. You know, I couldn't hear her. So right. he beat me and I shook the man's hand and, you know, he just, he had a good, a good break. His dog stayed in pocket and treated a couple of coons closer to us. And that was just how it, how it played out, you know? Yeah. I think I judged him the next night too. Uh, Stogie, I think Stogie won it to get in the finals, and then went on. Uh, I judged Stogie in the final round when he won it. Hey guys, next time you're in the market for some new hunting gear, head on over to CoonHunterSupply.com and check out the Razor hunting gear line. Razor has partnered up with Yoder Nylon to bring some of the sharpest and best designed briar-proof gear on the market. They have their own line of hunting gear like coats, bibs, chaps, vests, and more. Also, check out the newly released Razor Z1 light. It includes a double walk light, bright double red lights, tight and bright main beam, and a razor sharp green laser. Head on over to CoonHunterSupply.com and get yours ordered today. So tell us, uh, you've bred her to rodeo. Tell us a little bit about that, how it, how it come about. And... Well, to be honest with you, I've had... After the world hunt, I just kept, I just had this feeling. You know how how you do when you got one, and you kind of worry like, I don't know the the hunting that we got like right around Richmond. I don't hunt I don't hunt a lot of that hunting because it's so small that there's so many roads, and I just don't hunt her and stuff like that. And everybody's like, ah, you can't. I hate a dog and turn them into patch woods, and I'm like. Listen, you guys hunt wherever you want to hunt. When I turn my dog loose, I'm going to turn it in the safest place possible. That if something happens and it does get hit, I'm not going to feel guilty because I knew that I shouldn't have hunted that, place, that you know, that woods in the first place. Right. I just, when I, you know, I hunt her and bigger stuff, you know, as far as that goes and things like that. And I was just, one night she crossed a road and I, I just had this feeling like, man you better breed that dog and get you a get you a pup off of her you know you know how it is you know you think because they ain't all gonna live forever you know and she's she was coming when she turned four and i was like you know what she was i'm like i'm gonna breed her this next time and i'd actually uh i'd actually talked to a, a friend of mine about breeding her beforehand to it was randy gabby the black dog, the fade the black dog he had, I'd asked Randy before, you know, I'd even talked to anybody about, I, I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, hey, are you going to uh, breed that dog? You know, because I liked how he was bred and things like that, being all stylish, hairy and lip lock Lizzie. I mean, he's, he's bred to reproduce, you know, and, and Randy at that time, Randy, you know, he wasn't breeding then. And, uh, I'd actually had, uh, that kind of like you know just kind of like fizzled out that he wasn't breeding i just kind of went looking elsewhere and uh i'd been talking to dale kinder and minkler they'd been hunting some pups off a rodeo and 
Dale, you know, he kept telling me, Dale and Greg both are like, listen, you know, and I, and I, and I do, I listen to guys and dog men that I've been around and, uh, Greg told me, he's like, Shane, he said, I'm telling you, he said, I've hunted a lot of years. He said, and I've had a bunch of different stud dogs that I, he said, I felt like Dancer was probably as good a stud dog as there was out there at that time. He said, but I have never seen a dog that has reproduced you know and reproducing to different females like he has all you know and i think greg right now i think he's got six off the of rodeo five or six off the of rodeo right now that he's hunting wow wow and i was uh, i was just like you know uh i'm just you know and i'd talk to scott and we set it up and he accommodated you know me coming over there and things and was super great about it and we got her bread and that was pretty much everybody I had them sold. I could have sold 25 pups, you know, beforehand. The guys that were wanting, you know, everybody's like, and you know how it is. I'm not saying they all would have been sold because a lot of these guys are tire kickers. They're not going to buy a pup, but uh, they were just, you know, everybody wanted one. And uh, they, everybody that's got one right now, I think there's one pup, one got hit on the road last week, got killed that John Bassett got that he was hunting. Uh, but the rest of them, I mean, they're all, uh, you know, probably half of them are running and treating their own coons and the other, other few are still running, you know, they're just not looking up yet, but yeah, they got huge, they got huge mouths. Uh, they, they're, they're loners. Uh, they seem like they're really good. The male pup that we got, we call him rodeo buzz. And, uh, that pup's already, I mean, he's treated some layup coons that, you know, at nine months old, tree and layups when the weather's bad outside's kind of, I don't know. I haven't had very many dogs that were good, good at layup coons. And that pup is pretty impressive for nine months old and tree layups like he does, you know, mm-hmm. but they, I, I do. I love, it was kind of weird because my dad back, you know, years ago, all the dogs that we hunted, I mean, they was blanket back, red headed, big houndy suckers and good looking and uh all those pups off of rodeo and image which image is you know she's broken up color and things like that and rodeo you know he's kind of blanket back and redheaded and things like that well all the pups this is so weird and i it, it, i tell people this and and it's it's just so strange i had the last pup that was born all the other pups were like broken up color had you know quite a bit of white on them and things like that and the last pup that was born came and took image outside to go to the bathroom and i thought she was done she'd had eight pups and kane goes come back in he said dad he said she's acts like she's getting ready to spit out another pup i said really and i tell you what as soon as he brought her in she laid down and had the last pup and i swear to you that last pup look like private dancer hardwood henry's mom and Susie too to the exact t had the solid blanket back red had the the color that come up on her hip just like that and i swear to you it made me think of my dad and that's what i named her i named her ronnie after my dad <clears throat> it's just everybody's like man that's a cool story you know it's like the last pup born and none of them look any and she looks like your guy's old stock of dogs and i I do. I believe it was, you know, people say, well, God don't, God ain't got nothing in coon dogs or something. I, 
I just oh yeah, I he does. Like, I feel like he does. Yep. I feel like he has his hand in everything in my life, and he has in my life. Absolutely. Uh, and I just this, like I said, I told my girlfriend the other day. She said, "What are you going to do? If she don't make a real good one." I said, "Well, I know this. She's going to run in tree tunes. I know that for a fact because she's already treating them. But." Even if she don't make something exceptional, I'll always keep her around just for, you know, later on down the road, you know, keep her around for my breeding, you know, and being how she's bred and things like that. And like I said, I ain't a lot of guys will say, oh, well, you just keeping her for a breed female. And I'm not that type of person, but I just, I feel like she's going to make something special, but you don't know. Nine months old till two or three years old is a big gap. Absolutely. But there's nothing like a, a good young dog treating its first few coons. That man, it gets my heart pumping. It does me. It's getting my heart pumping talking about. Yeah, oh yeah, it makes me want to go put my stuff on and go hunting. <laughs> we got a <clears throat> over half a foot of snow and it makes me want to suit up. Mm-hmm. But gets you excited when you know. And that this, you know, our weather and things like December up here. Right before them coons go into rut, they seem like they're, they are. I mean, I know guys hunting five, five, six-year-old dogs are like, man, this dog's making some trees, ain't having coons on, or have, they're struggling, this and that. And I told my, I told Kane, I said, I'll tell you what, I said, that male pup was running a little bit of junk, you know, when coons wasn't moving. He said, I mean, he's going to do something. He's not going to stand under your feet. And I told Kane, I said, I'll tell you what, he said, you think we'll lay him up? for a couple, two or three weeks until this, till these coons start rutting. I said, I don't care. I said, if you want to get, you know, lame up for a little bit, I said, that's fine with me. I said, listen, I said, the pup is young. I said, you're not, you don't have to gut hunt that pup at nine months old and hunt him every single night. And no. gut hunt. Keep it I fun said, for I, him. <laughs> do what? I said, keep it fun for him. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just... You know, when he's not, that's what, you know, Kane was like, yeah, dad, he didn't get, he told me like the night, night or two before he laid him up, he's like, that sucker ran, dad, that's all he did, did was ran. <laughs> and then he actually went with another boy there, local, I think it was a night, night or two after that, before he laid him up. And uh, he called me and that pup was treed. And he said, Man, and you could hear the excitement in Kane's voice. He said, Dad, he said, you ought to heard. He said, I cut this pup loose. He said, he leave, you know, he always leaves hard. He said, that sucker got in there and got struck. He said, I'm telling you, he drove this track through this patch. And he said, and come treat. And he said, that boy that was hunting with him said, how old is that pup? And Kane said, he's nine months old. And he said, wow. <laughs> that pup trees trees coons like an old dog and i'm not kidding you you can put him on a lead strap and he'll walk beside you like he's five years old mm. just but now i'll tell you what when he was a pup man he drove me nuts bark he barked all the time and you know a few different people's like hey, have some of them pups you know bark or whatever you know off a rodeo and i'm like well you know females can have a lot to do with it too it's not just the male but the stud dog you know that could come from the female or whatever else but i tell you what he barked just any if he seen a leaf blow across the yard when he was a puppy he would bark at it and i'm like what i told my girlfriend she said 
you know, I was looking out there, and she said, I seen Ronnie watching out the side of the dog kennel, and she said, there was a leaf blowing across the yard, she said, and she was barking at it. And I, said, hey. <laughs> I said, them suckers are gamey, but the male pup, uh, we had to put a bark collar on him, and the female I got there at the house, uh, I can leave a bark collar off of her. She's so, so smart. And he's smart, too, but he's just a little, he's a little on the hard-headed side. Yeah. And Kane gets along with him good, and I'm I'm excited about, I'm excited about this spring and summer with, you know, with both of them, because they'll hunt the fall, they'll actually hunt the fall, uh, they'll hunt the fall one-year-old, so they're going to be at a pretty good age to, to be able to hunt in that, hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good. I don't mind... I don't hunt spring one year old. He just turned nineteen months. I'm, I'm hoping everything goes right. And he bounces right back, and we can have some luck. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I feel good, good about it. He, he may not, he may go up there and get beat every night, but it's, a, it's a good feeling when you have, a, when you feel like you have a good chance going to a, a hunt like that. Oh yeah. Especially when you've, when you've done most of the work with it. Yep. Makes it more satisfying. Yeah. And rodeo's <clears throat> rodeo's done good. Uh, just like you was talking about a while ago, he may he may be one probably the best reproducer there is on the stud dog side right now. Yeah, I think I think I you know I told someone the other day I said I think rodeo and drive line are probably the two hottest stud dogs that there is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I've known quite a few. They actually bred a. Ryan Sears and Zach Reeves, a friend of mine, I I took Juice back when uh, Doug Jackson had Wipeout Slim. I took Juice and bred her to, which was Juice was probate's mommy. I took her and bred her to Slim, and then Smallpox is the female that Ryan and them had. They bred her to Driveline, and he told me there the other day. He's like, man, I'll tell you what. He said this Driveline pup that offered Driveline and Pox. He said, I'm telling you, he said, man, she's got a for real mouth. He sent me a picture of her. She's a good-looking female. I know Greg had had the rent female that I think, I believe Mike is hunting her now. Uh, I think they call her rent. Uh, yeah. She was off She was off the driveline, too, and Greg, you know, Greg and, Greg and Dale both talked about driveline, some of the ones that were off of him, how, how they liked them, too, you know? Yeah, and I think uh, Kyle won Super Stakes with, with one of them. Was it last year? Yeah, D. White. Mm-hmm. White yoke, I think, is what he called him. Yeah, yeah. He's got us. I told, I talked to Kyle the other day and told him, I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm happy that you got a good, you know, a good breeding program. You're doing good with your dogs. And I'm, I'm just that way. I, I've never. I think coon hunting with a lot of these guys, there's so much jealousy. Absolutely. This stems. They don't like this line of dogs. They don't like that line of dogs. This guy's dogs junk. Uh, and to be honest with you, if a lot of them weren't so jealous and envious, and a lot of the ones that are jealous and envious have no reason to be jealous and envious of one way more than another person, but it's just a, they have a jealous spirit is what I call it. Yeah. Uh, I want everybody to succeed. Buddy, I want everybody to do good with in life in general and with their dogs too. It makes me happy when, you know, people do good with their dogs. Yeah. I've never, that's something I've never been able to relate to is being jealous or envious. I've never been jealous or envious of nobody. Right. And 
not saying that I don't look at some of the people that have been successful and be like, hey, they did good. But as far as jealous of them, no. No. Just drives me to want to work harder and, and be there next to them. It, feel, it fuels you is what it does. Yeah. And I have a coon hunting world, like I said, if ever, a lot of the stud, stud dogs that are out there, I feel like, too, a lot of the guys are, I, I've always said this, I feel like if you have a dog that reproduces, you ought to be able to breed a couple females and know by just two or two or three females that you breed to know if a, a male is going to reproduce. And to be honest with you, if a lot of these guys would have stopped breeding them after they bred to two or three and they didn't throw anything, if they would stop breeding them, there'd be less junk. And some guys just, you know, they depend on that money for uh, their livelihood from stud dogs or coon hunting or whatever. And, uh, if I had a stud dog myself, if I bred it and it didn't reproduce, it'd be off the market. I wouldn't breed it. Just, right. you know, because I feel like a lot of the guys are just doing it for the money because they'll breed any female that they bring to them as long as they're giving them a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Shane, um, I appreciate you coming on here with me. Kane's reached out a couple times and said something, and I told him I'd get it done. I figured while I was locked in on the snow that I'd, uh, I was going to try to get a few of them done. I figured it'd be a good time to for us to sit down and talk. Buddy, I've enjoyed it. Um, is there anything... We we skipped over or you wanted to talk about? Nope. No, there's I think we covered covered quite a bit for people to listen to if they want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shane, once again, uh, I appreciate you coming on here and uh, I hope hope you have good luck with them pups and what do you you say those fall pups, right? Yeah, they're fall. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just took this new job of joy so i'll uh maybe you'll be in the finals i'll be out there broadcasting it oh buddy i appreciate it and i'll i'll try to see you out there to ptc world this year i'm sure oh yeah yeah i'll be there i'll be there and i i appreciate you having me on yes sir i said uh thank you again and good luck with them yep i appreciate it and thank you mason yes sir see you see you